and, and there was a point where I really recognized it was the people doing all the, the heavy lifting, the hard work. And uh, I had a, an epiphany that I really needed to, to change because I, I realized I was just upside down. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, before we start the pod, a quick announcement. I'm really excited that on November the 3rd, I'll be hosting a live Inspire podcast with Dane Jensen. Dane, you may recall if you've been listening, uh, who has been on the podcast before, is the CEO at Third Factor. And he's just written a new book called The Power of Pressure, uh, which goes into why pressure is not the problem, but rather the solution. So we're going to go live. You can join in here our usual pod, but the difference now is you'll get to ask Dane questions about how to understand coping and thriving through pressure. So check out the link in the pod to sign up, go to the Humphrey Group's website, go to our LinkedIn, and look forward to having you for a live podcast on November the 3rd. Well, my guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is Darren Tully, and Darren joins me from Connecticut. Darren, welcome to the pod. Hey, Bard, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We we first spoke when you were uh, in career transition. I mean, you you were just wrapping up quite a senior role with uh, Mass Mutual, where you were the you know uh, chief business transformation and culture officer, and you were just in the process of leaving wrapping up a great run there and you've you've become an entrepreneur you've started uh, a company called ignite happy and uh you have a book coming out live your possible so i'm really excited to have you on the pod talk about the uh the epiphany of your life that led to this major career change and some lessons around courage and vulnerability so thanks for thanks for taking the time yeah i'm excited to share and it's been quite the journey yeah, so maybe start at, start at the beginning, you know. Tell me about your life and your career. Where'd you start? Well, you know, I started my career uh, with a love for numbers. I, you know, I, I started as a CPA, a certified public accountant, mm-hmm. and was in uh, several roles uh, that led to financial opportunities in, in, in corporate America. And, uh, you know, I was always someone that was very practical, uh, a critical thinker, really good at connecting, I guess, connecting people with numbers and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed uh, in my career working uh, with various companies, just helping to to get the results of people. That was kind of my focus is mm-hmm. let's get the results, let's get the numbers. And I understood the numbers pretty well. And So, so you had your, you were really focused in your early career on numbers, quantification, results. And, and did that lead to advancement for you? Yeah, I, I suppose it. I suppose it did. I, I, you know, I work. I work uh, pretty hard at you know what I do, and I'm a continuous learner, and and always try to apply new techniques and and trying to help get results, and that always mean new opportunities, new roles, promotions, uh, opportunities with different different companies. So I, absolutely, uh, I think it had helped, and I, I I got to a point where 
uh, it probably was only going to take me so far because <laughs> uh, what I realized is that I, as I, I believe some of my results were at the expense of other people hmm. and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and I was, what I was realizing, I was probably limiting my opportunities at that point. Can you, can you give me an example of a story when you realize, you know, yeah, I've delivered here, but boy, it's coming at a cost either yourself or to others. That's a, a, a big question. And there, you know, there was an event in particular that I, that I recall back as I was, I was actually at a diversity and inclusion event. And I remember at the beginning of this event, uh, I went up to, I went up to some other people and there was, there was 20, there were 25 people at this event. And there were four people that were similar to me as a white male and, and other people, um, were there that were, were different, different, different genders, um, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. And I went up to, to a table and I just said, Hey, Hope you hope you guys are all easy on us. And you know, I, what I did what I did there is I actually created a divisive event where it was us versus them, and mm. I, was, I was trying to say, hey, make it easy on us. Like like I like why am I trying to control the situation? Even though I'm, I was very kind, I'm very lighthearted, well intended. When I reflected back, I, that was at the expense of other people. Without almost almost implying that uh, we we didn't want to hear everything, we didn't want to hear the whole truth. Right. That's certainly not what what I intended, and you know that that four day event uh, ended up being my awakening. Hmm. What did you learn from that over the course of those four days? You know, the first couple of days, we really were getting to know each other really, really well, and uh, we were spending really morning, noon, and night together, just doing different exercises, getting to know people's backgrounds, getting to know what what people enjoyed in life, where they came from. Uh, we got to know about people's children. We played games together at night. So we really, we really made some bonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was around the end of the second day, uh, we were each sharing some of the frustrations in the world, the injustices that are going on. And I, I started to, I started to get, um, I guess, terrified to be quite frank with you. I, I came into the session uh, with a purpose. My my purpose in general in life is to bring out the best of myself and those around me every day. Mm-hmm. And w- what I was recognizing when I was hearing all these people sharing uh, their frustrations, I wasn't aware of all of them, or at least I wasn't paying attention to to these these frustrations. I was actually pretty ignorant to what I was hearing. And what I recognized is I was actually almost hiding in my bubble, almost not recognizing these 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 injustices were happening around me and, and it's, it's as if I was saying, well, it's not my fault that I had nothing to do with it. In fact, you know, it's, it's my problem to help solve, you know, given the position I've been in in my career. So I feel like without listening, without helping, you know, that's also at the expense of other people. And I, I, I needed to recognize, uh, I needed to do better because, you know, living without purpose, I was terrified because I recognized I was, I was living my purpose to say, Hey, I'm going to bring out the best of other people, but there were people like me. Like I lived with a, a, a an ability to, to connect with people with sameness and connect with hmm. people uh, deeply that way. And I recognized I wasn't connecting people that had differences or that were different with me. And I was actually holding people back in my career and I didn't even know it. And, and you know, this big moment happened, um, the, you know, the next day and the third morning, I asked if I could approach the group. And, and, and talk to them about how I, I couldn't sleep at night and how it's just feeling awful. And I feel, you know, I felt, I felt dishonest about not leaving out the purpose as I had said to people. And I had mentioned that I felt like I wasn't authentic. I wasn't telling my whole truth. And I, I let people know, Bolden really saying, Hey, 
I have an unconscious bias and I didn't recognize it until last night and, and I started to cry. So I, I've never cried at work. Mm-hmm. So I started to cry and other people started to cry with me. And I, I recognized at that point, I was, I was looking at people across the room. I was looking in other people's eyes. And what I saw was people looking at me with, with hope, with love, with sadness. And then I recognized at that point that the very people that I was holding back picked me up. And that was my awakening. So let, so let me ask you a couple kind of quick hot take questions. <laughs> you give me your hot take on these about your early career with what you now know. Okay, so here we go. Just quick answers. Do you think that you would have advanced as far as you did had you, be- had you not been solely focused on results and instead been focused on others? Do you think you would have gotten as far as you did? No, I don't. Do you think that the demands of leadership today are different? In other words, do you think your style that you used to advance at the time would still work or would it be rejected today? I think it will be rejected over time and not sustainable for a team or an organization. Do you think you were, you know, you on the one hand, you advanced. Do you think you would have been more fulfilled practicing the kind of leadership you have now, even if had it led to you not as advancing as far? I'm, I'm more fulfilled now seeing the joy that comes from, from the work with focusing on other people and, and their interests and meeting people with where they are and helping them to, to really discover things they never, they never thought were possible. And so my last question is, if you could go back in time with what you know now and have done it differently, would you? <laughs> well, everything's a learning. Uh, as long as I knew what I know now, I, I, I would go back and at least give myself some hints about focusing on the people and helping people bring their, their full selves and have a growth mindset. I would definitely change. I, I don't think I'd want to change the, the painful learning moments right. that really got me to be shaped to prove who I am today. Yeah, so, that, so that's a good transition to you're at this DEI retreat, you're a senior executive, you realize you've really been self-focused, haven't had the inclusive mindset, and that's infused your whole career. And suddenly you have an epiphany, you have this, you know, retreat, but a lot of times people have retreats, they have epiphanies, they go back to work and then they're focused on their work. Tell me what happened when you left. What changed in your, your mind, your, your heart and your work? When I left, we, we, we actually all committed something to each other and not all of us follow through on that. And now that's fairly typical mm-hmm. when we go to different learning events. Very, very we, common. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, sometimes you just go to learn one thing and, and sometimes you'll learn plenty. And when I, when I left this event, I actually committed to everybody that I was going to, I was going to be different. And I was going to, I was going to do that to make a difference with everybody there. And I, I was going to, I was really committing to, to being a part of the solution. Uh, and you know, it's funny, I, I actually carry around a pink pen with me. I have it with me today. Hmm. I, I use this, I use this pink pen as my accountability reminder to look at differences, welcome differences as a way to grow and to really bring, bring people to where they are, uh, in, instead of where people are telling them to be, uh, and showing people what's possible for them. And I use this, use this pen all the time. And I love it because it's, it's different, right? What, what white male executive uses a pink pen right. today? And, I, I literally signed contracts 
with this pen and my, you know my attorneys don't like that that much because it, it doesn't uh, doesn't come through sometimes uh yeah that, that's that's what i signed with that's my voice that that's the pen that i want to write with and to really script my future into being inclusive of uh, everything around me so how long was it between when you left this event and when you left the company to start your own company well this this event was five years ago hmm. and i left i left to start my own company uh, at the end of uh, last year. Uh, so this 2021 has been the, the year where I've been able to go out on my own and to to really be the chief of possibilities at Ignite Happy and, and to really go out and engage with people in a holistic way, engage with leaders to think differently or at least put this back on more of a, a targeted focus. Because when I tend to talk to leaders, Leaders, many leaders are, are where I was, where it's all about the results and we have to do better than last year because that's what I always thought you needed to do to get ahead. And and the, you know, the people focus or the culture focus tends to be the bottom, you know, the bottom half of the top 10 list, if you will, when I talk to leaders. So it's it's quite quite amazing to, to share what we've been able to accomplish uh, in, in some of my roles and also what we're able to do uh, together. So let's take tackle then that period, the four years between... When you left the event, you had the epiphany, and when you left the company to start your own company, did you try and change your approach? And was it the was it like the inability to reconcile the results? Like, t- talk to me about why you weren't able to kind of reinvent yourself and why you ultimately chose to leave. Well, you know, over those four years, I I felt like I was able to really be who who my authentic self mm, really okay. is, is so i was actually able to i was actually able to be myself maybe not reinvent it's just become who i really really want to be hmm. and, and so as you started to as i like the way you put it you know it wasn't that you changed who you were in that time it was that you just became your authentic self did you get any pushback from people who were used to the results, Darren, you know, the results above all, did anyone say, you know, hold on, what's going on here? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny to say that. I, I, I had a couple leaders that did push back a little bit, you know, one basically saying I needed to be more of a jerk to my people. Huh. And I had, and I had someone else also say that we, we don't need the cheerleading. We don't need the coaching that way. We need, we need uh, result driven huh. Darren, basically. Uh, so that, so, so how, did you, really how did you respond to those? Yeah. Tell me, take me through <laughs> that. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I, I was in, actually in the moment with the, uh, you know, the first, first example, I was in a coaching moment, if you will. And, and it was all about getting people to be uncomfortable. And I, I, I understand that uncomfort, uncomfortness brings us, uh, to other places yet. How you mm-hmm. do it is, is all, is all relative to kind of what really reps, represents us in ourselves and our purpose. And for my authentic self, it, it isn't about being a stinger of a bee is the way I described it to this leader. I actually said to this leader, I prefer the honey approach from the bee. I, I go out and try to embrace people and connect people and intersect possibilities now. And, uh, they, they seem to recognize that and, and, and let me go, if you will. Um, uh, and then, and, and, you know, on the second example, as I was taking on that broader role from uh, a transformation and culture officer perspective, it was really a, it was really a place where I could actually combine my life where I started with numbers and started to transform to actually thinking about people. And when I started that role, the first thing I wanted to do was talk about joy at work. And I, I was getting pushback from different coaches and leaders about, well, it's not about happiness. Hmm. And I was like, well, hmm, I'm going to get curious around that. 
And I, so I actually went out and met people with where they where they were at the time and asked asked hundreds of people to say, "What does joy at work mean to you?" Yeah. I just want to know. Is what did people say? Like, what were some things you heard from that question? Not what you would have thought. That's what it was amazing to me. What, what I heard, what I heard most people say, the top two things we actually heard is that people want to help each other thrive. Hmm. And the second one was they want to work with people they trust. And we actually put that together as a tagline to, to help people thrive at work and, and you know, as trusted business partners. Mm-hmm. And when, when we did that, it was really the start of, we have something to work toward. And we didn't, we didn't call it joy at work. We didn't call it happiness at, at mm-hmm. work. Yeah, what we, what we realized, if we could become this, then we're actually going to be helping each other. We're going to find joy. And that's where a lot of humans find joy is finding their bigger, a bigger meaning where they belong, where they have a bigger purpose to help others. And I, I didn't make this up. This was 300 people telling me this is what we need to do. And it was, it was outstanding because this is where we actually all grew together. And I, I never would have asked that question in the past because I, I wouldn't have been as inclusive. And also, if someone said this isn't about joy or happiness, I would have, I would have put a deck together and try to present why we should do it. I just did it. And I learned from it and, and it helped us transform. We just had to, I really had to be courageous enough to put something else out there that I believed in so we could really tap into the potential of the organization and the people so we can move our culture to amazing places. In fact, we moved our culture from a third quartile rating up to a top decile hmm. in, in under a year. It was fabulous. And it's interesting what uh, what you learn about what makes people happy at work, you know, help helping others trust how do you create a situation where people help and where there's trust? I mean, trust in particular is something that, you know, I think many leaders want to create and often are the loss to do. So what did you learn uh, that helped you make that big move on culture? Well, you know, to be, to be fair, it, it, it wasn't me alone. It was, it was everybody to a degree. It was the leadership teams and, and people willing to step in and, I, you know, what I learned from asking people the question of joy at work, what I, what I saw people do is some people, some people snarked at me or looked at me like, this is crazy. We don't talk about this at work. Or, or some people would actually say, are you serious? You really want to know what I have to say on this? And some hmm. people actually cried. Hmm. Some people cried of hope. Like, are you, you really care about what we, what we want together here? You want to talk about joy and happiness? And so you take the spectrum of that. It's, it's really allowing people to, to step in with you. Mm-hmm. And we, we did a flavor of that across the organization where, where as leaders, we, we, we had ups and downs where we agreed that this was important. We, we didn't, we didn't um, hit our, our marks, if you will, when we started to take our initial surveys. And we had to really look at each other to say, is this, is this really happening? Are we hmm. doing this? Are we all but being authentic? And I think when we, when we recognize that we're all going to step in, and do this together, meaning we're going to reach out to people and genuinely care and, and show an interest that's truly authentic as leaders. That's when things started to change. Cause I think what I, what I believe in and what I've heard feedback on is when we are authentic and we show that we care and we actually do something about it, people will step in in different ways. And, and I've seen that in, in, in many, many facets of, of teams I've worked with or other facets across the organization for us to get to that top decile score. And it was a number of events that occurred after that. It wasn't just that, but that was the pivotal moment because we, when we didn't get our scores, there was a, there was uh, some some doubt, and leaders were saying, "Is why bother? Should we do this?" And what I what I recognize is that the team stepped up and said, "No, we committed to the organization. We need to get through this, and we need to do this the right way." 
and that was the moment where we gelled and that's when things turned and we we, we really not only changed our culture around we actually drove significant business results that actually followed what were the biggest mistakes you made i mean i'm sure there as you said you know there weren't it wasn't just kind of a linear progression uh, in this attempt to bring joy to talk to people about joy and happiness at work what would you say the biggest mistakes you made were i think the biggest mistake is not communicating back more more quickly about the actions we're going to commit to and then also uh albeit we involved several people throughout our transformation and and even the question around joy at work we needed to involve more and i recognize we need to do that more broadly and more swiftly and uh, those are two things that you know had we not done you know listen to folks and then actually follow through and then actually get more folks involved we would never have gotten to where we got uh, with our with all of the results, and uh, uh, I, I can't emphasize enough that when we start to share that there's meaning behind things we're doing, and that it's driven by uh, the broader organization, uh, there's such power behind that, and there's such trust, and there's such joy that comes from that, and there's a, it's really a growth, it's just a growth opportunity for everybody in the equation. So you were doing this work, you had this role, you were kind of living your authentic self. What led you to the realization that you wanted to leave and start your own company? I, you know, I had this 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 time frame where I started to really look at everything differently, and I could say it's probably uh, it's it's accelerated uh, even from then, and you know, from that from that you know, I event five years ago, and there there was a moment actually with my daughter where I was I was on my smartphone looking at emails, and uh, she was doing her homework and. And uh, I was hanging out with her, not doing it very well, obviously. As she, as she was, as she was doing her homework, um, she was done, and she's like, "Hey, Dad, I'd, I'd love to get a, you know, a, a treat for this since I did my homework." And I'm like, "Well, that's great. You know, we do our homework all the time, and we don't do it during the week." So then I, I went back to my phone and really wasn't paying too much attention to to my daughter. And my and my daughter said, "Well, what about what about cake? What about cookies?" And so on and so on, until she came up with an idea for. Italian ice. I don't know if you ever had yeah, Italian yeah, ice. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she found one that was watermelon Italian ice. And I'm like, well, that sounds healthier. So, uh, so I, I let her have it. It wasn't much of a fight. And uh, she had it. And uh, we took the lid off uh, off the ice. And, and, and I went back to my phone. And she can, she can, she finished it. And she looked happy. I'm like, oh, are you happy? And then I, I put my phone down. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw something really different. And I, I saw this lid. And on the lid, it was this this one-eyed smile that was upside down. And, and I, I said to my daughter, "So look at this." And, and I turned I turned the lid upside down and I showed it with her. We were we're both in awe. She she has bright eyed, her mouth was wide open, and it just hit me. It was my light up moment where I recognized, oh my God, my joy is right here. It's inside me, connecting with the world all around, especially my daughter and the rest of my family and others. And I recognized that the lid wasn't upside down. I was upside down. I was still upside down. Even though I, I had, had an awakening, I started to see things differently. I started to see everything completely uh, in new ways and discovering uh, things that, that just awed me. And this one eyed smile, albeit it's silly, I was able to connect with my own uh, childish wonders and, and just recognize that, oh my God, there's so much possibilities in front of us. So I actually started to write a two page business plan to share this with the world. and. It actually turned into a 200-page book, hmm, which is the book and, you've got you've got coming out. Yeah, no, that that's that's exactly right. And it, you know, the watermelon ice ties to the pink pen, and 
the you know this this one-eyed smile is taking a story uh along uh for a journey with, with myself meaning it's it started about happiness and what i recognize is this one-eyed smile is unique just like all of us so every time i i find this one-eyed smile in the world i, I have found hundreds of them in our surroundings in the sky in the on the ground in trees and just different parts of our environment and food and i recognize each time i see that it brings me joy what, what i'm recognizing it actually tells me that i'm still on the path of learning i'm still on the path of recognizing there's differences all around us more importantly it reminds me that we're all unique and we have the opportunity to really to really light the beauty that's in within all of us so when you you've you've left now you've launched your business i love the name uh ignite happy thank you, thank you. <laughs> so what do you what are you doing in the business now and who are your clients yeah I, i'm doing a few things one is you mentioned the book and uh, it's called live your possible uh which should be out real soon and uh, what i what i'm doing there is i'm, I'm helping people to see how they can live uh, with a higher purpose and connecting with uh really a, a new meaning if you will and really getting back to their authentic selves because I'm trying to help people ignite the fact that they they can get back to who they are versus what they've been told to be in their whole life and really root themselves in joy, in inclusion, in love, and in love too. And when, when we do that, we actually open up possibilities that are not only within us, but they're right in front of us. And we start to see it because it, it's always there. It's just, how do we look at things a little bit differently? So the, bo so the book actually goes through some of my stories and real life examples, and it's really a how-to guide. It guides you through some self-exploration uh, type questions where you can actually explore and, and uncover, uh, uh, you know, who you really are and what you want to connect to, what your purpose is and how you connect to, to the world differently, being curious and being inclusive. So you can actually start to discover and be imaginative again, uh, which then starts to open up people's worlds. And then I'm also, I'm also speaking about this journey at different conferences and at different companies and also with leaders in, in different forums to talk about inclusion. How do you do that as a white male? How do you step in and how do you be vulnerable? How do you be authentic? How do you do this as a leader that cares differently about people first? How do you help people become happier? And how do you talk about joy at work? And how do you become happier as an individual so then you can help other people in the world? Because as we, as we begin to radiate, people begin to gravitate to us mm -hmm. and we can actually help them unleash their possibilities and really seek to get to the point of where they can connect to their joy in their lives as well. It's really timely now, especially after, you know, a year and a bit in the pandemic where people, you know, joy was in short supply. And I think a lot of people are saying, you know, what am I going to do to really live authentically? So, look, I know uh, many people will order the book, but let, let's take advantage of this, this moment with you here as the author. <laughs> you said, you know, you've got a couple questions that you encourage people to ask themselves to get to this point where they're they're living this authentic life and professionally their authentic self. What are the most important questions that people listening should ask? Yeah, th yeah, that's a great question. I think the first, I think the first thing we should all be thinking about is our beliefs and what our purpose driven beliefs are. I, I, I really think it's important to know who we are before we can actually connect out to the world and to do that in a way that invites other people in. Uh, and understanding how it's it's done in a way that actually brings out the best, it puts people on an equal playing field. Kind of looking at this as if trying to help out the greater good. And I, I'll give you a quick example. Back when we were looking at changing the culture, there was a point in time where we we're actually looking for people just to catch on and get involved. And until we actually changed our belief into saying, you know what, there's there's untapped 
potential in everybody in this organization. We need to involve them and incorporate them into everything we're doing. When we started to do that, we started to see the shift happen. We had to change our belief and in, in our in our path forward and in, in our people. And say, you know, same with me. My my own belief of hey, I want to bring out the best in people is great. Yeah, when I started to believe that there's a light inside everybody, I'm looking to unleash that light, their happy, authentic self, and 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 really unleash and, uh, the, the endless possibilities that resides in each of us. There's a difference with how we're going to interact throughout the day. So first, understanding what's that belief, and is that belief divisive in the world? So I'm looking at beliefs that are actually going to light you up, and it's going to allow for others to light up as well. And what's the second thing you think that people should ask themselves? The second thing is really about being open-minded. So do you, are you willing to be open-minded and curious in the world? And so as now that you know what you believe in, now are you willing to check up against how you're acting and being open-minded and curious, like being open-minded enough that you care enough to, to inquire and to be curious. Because as, when, we're, when, we're, when we allow ourselves to do that, we actually grow. Right? We become more inclusive. We actually leave the certainty of our ways and what we know. We actually join our knowledge at the intersection of differences and have new discoveries. To me, that is at the intersection of, of growth. And this is where possibilities are going to happen. And this is part, this is, uh, these are the first two steps in the book that leads to uh, the path of possibilities for each of us. Um, now I really have to read the book. <laughs> I'm excited. About it. But I think, you know, I, I think of what we do in the Humphrey Group, I know you've been through our training and you know, really grounding inspirational communication in authenticity. You know, that if you're just parroting the company line and you don't know what who you are and what you stand for, it's never going to be as powerful as if you can really know yourself and align it with the company. Or to your point, if you can't align it, you got to go, you know, and do something where uh, you can really live your true self. So, and then I love your second principle about really being open, really listening. It's hard. Like, it's really hard to listen to other people who might not think yeah. or, or act as you. And, and I think that's, yeah, we live in contentious, divisive times. That effort, you know, any leader is going to lead people with disparate views. So that intention to listen is so important today. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, there's, there are some fun stories in the book that, that will help you and you may chuckle, you may relate to it as you think about apologizing to a partner or spouse for better listening. Uh, there's stories in there about uh, really being honorable to other people mm-hmm. in our society. You know, I actually had a gentleman come up to me complaining about somebody with bright red hair and why do they have to do that? And, and I thought for myself, I thought it was me stepping outside of my body. You know, I was kind of having a, an epiphany, yet it was a real person that was like me. And we actually had a really interesting conversation and we got to a place where, no, we're going to honor the fact that she has red hair. And, uh, and, and you know, I tie that back to my DNI event. I tie it back to a moment with my daughter where mm-hmm. she, she, saw, uh, she saw a woman with blue hair as we were going through uh, getting some Dunkin' Donuts. And she's like, hey, dad, she's celebrating being different. Like, look at her blue hair. And I, so to me, like, I grew from that moment hmm. to see my daughter step in there. And I, I was probably judging in my own mind. And she taught me how to just, you know what, she's celebrating something. I'm like, yeah, we should all celebrate something that's different. We're all different. We should be celebrating that. Um, so there's a lot of fun stories like that in the book. It. And there's, there's some hard stories too, where uh, you know, I was out, I was out in public and I had a, I had a gentleman come up to me and just ask, Hey, are you a racist? Are you a racist? He started <laughs> yelling at me because I was actually sharing some of the stories I shared with you from the DNI event out in public. And I, I was, 
I should have been more careful and thoughtful. I was just excited about what I learned and how I grew up. And, and I, I wasn't being respectful of other people that could hear me. And this person really hmm. took offense to it. And we had to stay into a really d- difficult dialogue for 30 minutes and back and forth. And it felt life threatening at one point yet. I needed to stand in to see what the, what the mm-hmm. beauty is within this person and help him. And I actually realized it was helping me too. And we, it was just an amazing event where we hugged that out at the end. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this person and I, uh, very different backgrounds, uh, different ethnicities. And we, we actually made a humongous connection and I know we're both better off for it. Uh, but there's stories like that, just trying to make it real. And how do we step in and how do we remain calm when, when things are not so common in our surroundings in our world today, as we've all known that how we've lived the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it's a really, you know, your lived experience is so interesting because, and I think so credible for what you're now doing because, you know, you had made it, you know, maybe not to the CEO level, but to very senior levels in a company and, and made it in one way, you know, as you, as you've described by focusing on the numbers, the results, and not necessarily the people by being more command and control. And then you had this life epiphany that that, and I think what's so exciting to see is that that epiphany then led to a much more fulfilling four years in the company, you know, so it's not like you had to then leave. You had this much more rewarding, not easy, because you, you've shared the, the challenges of, you know, telling people that we're going to focus on, you know, fulfillment. Uh, and, and then now you've got this, you've taken the risk and the, shown the courage to go do this more broadly. So I, I commend you for, for walking this path. It's uh I think too often there's, you know, a predictable, rewarded path. Uh, you know, maybe you walked it for a bit and then you had the courage to realize it wasn't true to who you were. So I'm just thrilled for you that you're in this in this place now and doing what you love and, and uh, you know, with, as you say, was it a full, a full heart <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, and your individual smile. So congratulations, Darren. Yeah, thank you, Bart. And I lo- love everything you're saying. I, and I, one thing I just want to, Stay back as far as uh, you know, not being a CEO. Like I would say, I am the CEO of my path, my authentic path now, and 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 I'm very connected to it, and that's that's fulfilling. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be CEO of a large company, albeit uh, we are the CEO of our own path. And you know, when I when I reflect back, like way back, you know, I I, I remember when I was probably my best self. I actually I actually was a paper boy, and I, I started hmm. I started to notice people that were you know, coming to the front door, mm-hmm. all disheveled and, and, um, you know, half dressed and just, you know, maybe you didn't get their coffee yet or what. I don't right. know. <laughs> um, and, you know, I remember talking with my friends about, we got to do something about this because people are just not in a great place. And I was nine years old and we, you know, we created a, we actually created a local paper, you know, the Sylvan Gazette is what we called it. And, and what, when I reflected back, when I started to, when I had this awakening, I started to go back in my my childhood and I started to uncover all these positive experiences that ended up being my reservoir to keep, keep resilient, to keep strong, to know that I'm a well-intended person. And I, I you know, you know, I, I'm, I am doing good in the world. I just, I just need to do better. And when I was you know, back doing this Sylvan Gazette uh, editorial and publishing and distributing, I was doing it all with my friends. And I remember going out interviewing my neighbors and uh, asking them questions and, these are questions that we all should be asking of our people, of ourselves, of people we love. And it's just questions of like, what brings you joy? What, mm-hmm. what are you, what have you discovered that you want to share? What, what do you think is amazing that other people would actually look back and say, Oh, wow, that's really cool. And start to live in all a little bit differently. And people would start to share, 
you know, hey, their recipes or things that are going on with their gardens or their pets or amazing accomplishments about their children or things that they found out in the world that they would have to share with other people. And you know what, what's amazing about that, the learning for me is I was in, I had an innocent young mind. I was just being curious. And when I did mm-hmm. that, people felt safe. When they felt safe, they were openly sharing. And when we we're openly sharing, it actually gave a lot of, a lot of uh, connections and it gave a lot of uh, material, if you will, for people to connect with on the street. So people used to wave at each other, but now they're waving people down to learn more. And it's just that difference of being genuine and authentic and caring mm-hmm. about people in a different way. I had, I've always had this in me. I've always had the ability to live with joy over time as, as, we, as we get older, we have more responsibilities and society tells us we have to be a certain way. It, it gets us off track. And when I go back and reflect, I, I, I knew that I, I had these positive moments in my reds where I just needed to connect back to. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing as a CEO of my path and also trying to help people to get on their path as, as you, as you mm-hmm. go through my book, Live Your Possible. Well, thanks for sharing your journey with me here and with our listeners. And we'll put a link to the book in the podcast, your website. And uh, yeah, I encourage anyone listening to connect with you and, uh, and follow you along your journey. So thanks for taking the time, Darren. Bart, thanks for having me. I'm so grateful and honored to be on your show. And uh, I wish the best to you and, and everybody listening. Take care. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Darren. Really admire his vulnerability and um, that willingness to uh, look in the mirror and totally change how we approach leadership. I think it's the inspiring story for us all to think about that you're never too far along in your career to rethink what it means to reach and inspire others. So check out his book. It's available. We're putting the link to it in the uh, in the show notes as well as his website. Next time on the pod, as I mentioned early at the start of the episode, November 3rd, live podcast, Dane Jensen, sign up, be there. Dane is awesome. And the chance to actually ask him questions is a, a real treat. So hope to have you on the pod, the live pod, and uh, for a lot of fun. Okay. Take care. Be inspiring.